Hello everyone and welcome to Coffee Break. I'm your host Leon L. In tonight's discussion we're going to be talking about the Exorcist movie uh, filmed in the early 1970s. Um, people say this movie uh, was possessed. Well they say this movie is possessed. Um, it's, cur- it's a cursed movie. They said when they made this movie bad things happened. People were in ho- in the, being, up, being in the hospital. Uh, just a lot of uh, bad things that happened. Uh, when this movie was being filmed. Um, It says in 1973, William uh, Fredkin set out to bring William uh, Blatty's novel, The Exorcist, to the big screen. Uh, It's a story of a young girl possessed by a demon. The Exorcist installed terror in audiences, uh, taking on the subject of uh, demonic possession and a very controversial Catholic ritual was sure to turn a few heads, but after many strange and uh, occurrence, many strange and bad occurrences, many uh, became convinced that the film set and the movie itself were cursed by a demon. Uh, there's a lot of tragic things that actually happened, and like I said, there's a lot of tragic things that actually happened when this movie was being produced. Um, a lot of people believe that the exorcist is in fact uh, cursed. Uh, there is something about in the part of this movie, it's been a couple years since I actually saw this movie, so I remember bits and pieces of it and it was really scary. When I watched it, it was scary. Uh, it has something to do with the priest that's walking down the steps. Uh, in real life, I think what happened was there was actual priest that was coming down the steps and fell to his death. I'm not really sure on that, but I think that's what I heard uh, several years ago about this. It says The Exorcist is based off a real-life event. William Peter Blatty wrote his 1971 novel of the same name based on the real-life exorcism of a boy known uh, throughout the uh, uh, thing as Ro- uh, Roland Doe. Catholic priest at Georgetown University Hospital performed the real-life exorcism but had to stop when the boy managed to get free from his restraints. Uh, he then pulled a bed spring out of his mattress and slashed one of the priest's arms. When Blatty wrote the novel, Roland's family requested the character to be changed to a girl in order to protect the boy's identity. Roland went on to live a normal life with no memory of the incident, retiring decades later from NASA. Uh, it says shooting was delayed after the set caught fire. Now here, now here's when all the bad things start happening. It says shooting was delayed after the set caught fire, destroying what was supposed to be the McNeil's home. Director William Fredkin blamed the incident on a winged creature with talons. It seemed a pigeon had found its way into one of the uh, circuit boxes, which caused the fire. However, the fact that the uh, Reagan's room was unhappy was or was unharmed by the fire is still pretty creepy. Um, during filming, actress Ellen Burstyn, who played uh, Regan's mother, was actually injured when the possessed Regan throws her to the ground. The take was actually used in the film, and the blood-curdling scream she lets out is completely genuine. The injury still bothers her to this very day. 
Uh, chances are good that any film that takes over a year to complete will be associated with bad uh, with bad things. But The Exodus has a few deaths. Actors Jack McGarran uh, and Velasky Mal- uh, believe Malros both died while the film was in post-production. What makes their death strange is that their characters died in the film as well. Other deaths that occurred during the filming of The Exodus include Linda Blair's grandfather and Max von Sadow's brother, who died on Max's first day of shooting. Also, while filming, the son of Jason Miller, who played uh, Father Damien Curras, was nearly killed when a motorcycle hit him. Sounds like to me that somebody was stopping them from trying to uh, do this movie. Uh, goes on to say why filming one of the uh, possession scenes, Linda was thrown out of the bed when a piece of ringing, uh, rigging broke, causing her to injure her back. Additionally, after the film's release, Linda received so many death threats that the studio had to hire bodyguards to escort her for the next six months. Um, in 1987, actress Mercedes uh, Mackenbridge, who played the demonic voice of Pazuzu, was a victim of a hor- horrific tragedy when her son uh, murdered his wife and children before taking his own life. Many believed that the actual film was cursed and that playing it through a projector was an invitation for demonic possession. Televangelist Billy Graham stated, There is a power of evil in the film, in the fabric of the film itself. When it first was released, the film was banned in every Middle Eastern country but Lebanon. Uh, Says the re-release was banned in Lebanon. During the Roman premiere, audience has to fight their way through a torturous downpour accompanied by thunder and lightning in order to get into the theater. Many inside claim to hear a horrific, almost demonic cry coming from outside once the film started rolling. At one showing, a woman was so frightened she passed out in the theater and broke her jaw when she fell. She later sued the filmmakers, filmmakers suggesting that uh, messages caused the accident. Warner Brothers settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, she sued she sued because of her uh, negligence that she fell. That's about as bad as that woman who was walking through a mall and she's not even paying attention, but she's using her cell phone and she walks into like one of those um, water fountains they have in the mall and she tried to sue the mall saying it was their fault why it was there. Well, it's not her their fault why it was there. It's your fault because you're not looking, pay attention. Pay attention what you're doing when you should be walking and not texting on your cell phone. Same instance with this lady. You know the way the situation, you know the way this movie was. You didn't have to go see this movie. Um, me, myself, I think that this movie is not cursed. I just think people, uh, they take it the way that it is. Some people take uh, demonology or anything else. They take it differently than what a lot of other people take it. I don't think uh, this movie has anything with being cursed. And even though there was a lot of weird stuff that did happen in this movie, a lot of deaths that happened, um, you know, but that's just things that happen. I don't think the movie's cursed itself. I just think that a lot of the things are just made up in people's minds. 
and all that. Uh, found another interesting story. Uh, the Child's Play movie, the first one, not not the newest one, which, by the way, the newest one is not that... I saw that movie. It's not that great. It's more like... Uh, the newest one is more like uh, a robot-type thing. It's It doesn't really remind me of seeing Child's Play when I first saw Child's Play, the very first one. It's nothing like... Uh, I know all movies, they say they can never be the same as what the previous movie was, but uh, this new Child's Play movie, is just I thought it was horrible. It had nothing to resemble... Chucky at all, nothing. Um, but anyways, they say that this Child's Play movie is based on uh, real events. A uh, story goes more often than not, a child's best friend is a stuffed animal or doll. Unfortunately, when the when that doll is possessed, is a possessed vessel of a hom- homicidal maniac. The outcome isn't all that sweet. In 1988's Child's Play. Serial killer Charles Lee Ray is on the run from the police when he ducks into a toy store. There he uses voodoo to transfer his soul into a good guy doll. For those of you, uh, uh, with those of you with an Averson to evil dolls, you'll be extremely distressed to learn that that story of a Chucky bears a strong resemblance to the real story of Robert the Doll and is rumored to partially be based on the events. Uh, Robert the Doll, this is is based on the story of Robert the Doll in Key West. Um, It says Robert the Doll was best uh, friend to uh, to Robert Eugene Otto of Key West, Florida. He was a three-foot straw-filled doll in a sailor suit who was a gift from one of the Otto family's uh, bohemian servants given to the young boy in 1906. It is believed that this particular particular servant had been the victim of abuse at the hands of Jean's parents. In an attempt to exact her revenge, the young servant used her extensive knowledge of voodoo to place a curse on the doll. Some people say uh, that doll Robert the doll has a spirit in him, but the spirit is dying and the spirit is trying to get out of Robert the doll into something else. Um, they're saying that the spirit wants to go live in an actual human being. I guess maybe this, that's what spirit was one time, was an actual human being. Uh, it goes on to say Robert the Doll was given to Robert Eugene uh, 1906 by the family maid. Eugene named the doll after himself and loved it dearly. The family, however, noticed that something wasn't right with Robert. They would often hear their son talking to himself in his room at night with two distant uh, distant voices. Their son also woke the family up with his screams multiple times and was found in his bed with the furniture overturned. He claimed that Robert the doll did it. Uh, it goes on to say mutilated toys began to show up. The parents said they could hear the doll giggling and others said they could see the doll moving from window to window. He was finally laid to, laid in the attic until a young girl in the 70s found him not long after she began claiming the doll was evil and was trying to torture and kill her. She still maintains that Robert tried to kill her. Now, maybe if that doll is possessed, the doll knew for a fact that 
you know, that wasn't that little boy, uh, Mr. Otto's son. That wasn't him. Uh, maybe that's the reason why the doll is trying to kill her. Uh, it says, Robert is now at the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Some claim their cameras have stopped working when pointed at him, as well as numerous other strange occurrences. Uh, it goes on to say, Robert the doll, uh, paranormal possessed doll, scary and possessed. Well, I guess what you're just going to have to do is go down and have it, check it out in Key West. Um, you know, and, and, and think for yourself there what, you know, what you think uh, the, um, the doll is. Do you think it's really haunted or not haunted? You know, and all that. Um, Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre, uh, notorious killer Ed Ginn. He was the one, now this guy was really uh, psychotic. He, this guy belonged in a mental hospital, mental institution. He needed to be uh, put away. What he tried to do is this guy would, he would entice women. And then he was trying to basically, he was trying to bring his, believe he's trying to bring his mother back to life. And he would actually take parts of body skin off of these women and try to reproduce his mother in some way. And this guy was really, really sick. I mean, really, really sick. This happened, believe this happened back in the 1950s. Uh, everybody that knew him thought he was normal. You know, he'd go to church and everything, but he had a dark side to him. Um, but the story goes in 1974, director Toby Hooper uh, he uh, made this horror film inspired by true story, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Almost immediately after the film's release, rumors began to circulate that there was an actual chainsaw welding man-man living with his deranged family in the town of Paul, Texas. Uh, inspired events were also said to have taken place on August 18, 1973. However, a quick check of the date reveals that the film had just wrapped four days prior, making it fairly difficult to base a film on an actual event that had yet to uh, occur. Despite this, there was an actual skin-wearing maniac that was the film's uh, inspiration. Uh, and that, that man was Ed Ginn. Uh, it says, getting to the Ed Ginn story, it says, he may not have had a chainsaw, but serial killer Ed Ginn was a key uh, inspiration for the infamous Leatherface he was born in 1906 in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Ed Ginn lived most of his life as a, uh, as a loner. Born to an alcoholic father, George, and a religious mother, Augusta, Ed Ginn suffered heavy psychological and physical abuse at the hands of his parents. Classmates remember Ed as being uh, strange. He had very strange habits. One of his most unnerving habits was to randomly laugh out loud as they as though someone had told a joke that only he could hear um, and they have a picture of uh, they have a picture of him and he just looking at him he looks psychotic a severe alcoholic uh, who could not hold a job Ed's father George was uh, despised by his wife creating a heavy amount of tension in the home August's strict uh, bib biblical teachings 
were extremely instrumental in shaping Ed's attitude towards women. Fond of preaching from the Old Testament, Augustine installed the fear of God as well as a fear of sexuality and a general mistrust of women in Ed and his brother Henry. Hidden away on the family's secluded farm, the family kept to themselves. Both Henry and Ed were strictly forbidden from having visitors and were punished uh, for even making friends. The brothers were also reminded on an almost daily basis that they would never be loved by a woman. Um, it goes on to say George died on April 1st, 1940 of alcoholism related heart failure. Four years later, brother Henry would die under mysterious circumstances revolving around a fire on the family farm. Although never proven, many suspect Ed played a role in his brother's death. Regardless, this left Ed as the only outlet for his mother's insane devotion until her death on December 29, 1945. Despite their abusive relationship, Ed was devastated by his mother's death. Ed remained on the family farm, boarding up his mother's room to ensure that it would remain, just as he had left it on the day she died. Confining himself to a room off of the kitchen, Ed became obsessed with reading about Nazis and cannibalism. Ed took, out, took odd jobs, but remained reclusive and unsuspecting. The full extent of what uh, he was up to on his family farm would not be revealed until over 10 years later. After the November 16, 1957 disappearance of a hardware store owner, Bernice Warden, police began to suspect Ed, who was the last person to see her alive. Uh, police uh, searched the family farm where they found Bernice's decapitated body hanging upside down inside the barn. On a further search of the property, authorities also found various human remains, including a trash can made out of a human skull, chairs covered in human skin, and skull uh, bedposts. Perhaps the trait that mostly uh, links Ed, Ed back to Leatherface with his fondness for turning human skin into apparel. Among the other remains, the police also found a corset, leggings, mask, and a dress, all made from the skin of a young woman. Well, that guy's really, uh, he's really out there. Ed was arranged on November 21st, 1957, where he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Found mentally incompetent, Ed was sent to the Central State Hospital for the criminally insane. On November 7th, 1968, Doctors determined that Ed was capable of staying trial, and he was found guilty on November 14th. However, a second trial regarding his sanity found that he was once again not guilty for a reason of insanity. Ed was uh, the return to the central. Ed was to return to the Central State Hospital for the criminally insane, where he died on July 6, 26, 1984. He was buried at the Plainfield Cemetery, where his grave was routinely routinely vandalized. Ed Ginn found himself the subject of many, uh, many things. Robert Blatch used, Blotch used him as inspiration for his 1959 novel, Psycho, which went on to be adapted for the screen now for Hitchcock's 1960 film of the same name. Ed also went on to see likenesses portrayed in the 1974 deranged, film Deranged, as well as in Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil's Rejects. Yet, uh, the isolation, uh, the overbearing nature of his parents, and Ed's desire for 
accessorizing uh, human flesh will always most notably connect him to Leatherface. Oh, that guy was uh, was really, really out there. Okay, I want to thank everybody for stopping in this evening to the uh, coffee break. Uh, I want to thank everybody for stopping in. Everybody have a safe and wonderful evening. Good night.